Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, and the chief chirpa of our tribe. With me today is Joseph Scrimshaw. Jennifer Landa is out on assignment, as we like to pretend to say in the podcasting world. Joseph, welcome. I am happy to be here and ready to chirpa it up. Yeah, you know... As much as uh, sometimes Ewoks can be maligned, I've always liked that Chief Chirpa guy, man. He seems pretty chill. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know he's ordering people to be cooked and eaten, but he's really chill about so, it. Uh, Logre's the high-strung one. Yeah. Logre's the one who's got some issues that he needs to work through. Yeah. Yeah. Logre, like, you know, when, when 3PO and Leia and everyone makes their case... 
Low Grace, like, all right, I hear what you're saying, but no, keep going. <laughs> Chirp is the one that turns it around there. Guys, we're going to talk about Star Wars fandom today. And and what kind of fan are you uh, in the Star Wars universe? There's a lot of different ways to be a fan of things these days, Joseph. Yeah. I, felt, I feel back in the day, because we're old men. Oh, yes, yeah, very middle. We're back, middle. Back in the day, there was a, just kind of, not, not one way to be a Star Wars fan, but there was not a lot of different choices. Yeah. When the expanded universe exploded and more and more material and more and more ways to look into things or play games or everything, then there was different ways to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And I talked on Spotlight Star Wars a little while ago on, on war versus lore, what brings you into the fandoms. But we really wanted to uh, dive into that a little bit more today. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot because there are super casual fans of mm-hmm. like I like that Darth Vader and the lightsabers and I go to the movies and I enjoy yeah. them. And then there's people who grew up with it. Yeah. You know and know it really well, but they're not necessarily reading the books. They don't have a yeah. weekly podcast <laughs> where they turn o- over every little new idea. Right. And so there are these I think levels of fandom yeah. developing and I notice that it like affects my conversations. Like I I talk to people sometimes who mm-hmm. are I think pretty intense Star Wars fans, but they're not entirely in the bubble in terms of like knowledge. They're not uh, reading every book. Right. You know, and it just, it's for me, uh, sometimes I have those conversations where people are like, hey, here's a really cool idea of what should happen to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And then I'm like, I don't want to be the guy who'd be like, well, actually, that, that did happen. That did like, happen. You know, uh, so it, it affects in a way the, the way that we kind of interact yeah. with one another in the conversations we have. As Star Wars becomes one of the most popular things ever, yeah. there are still layers to, like, kind of how into it are you? Yeah, and up top, I got to say, like, I, we are obviously in the deep side of Star Wars fans, yeah. and it does change the way I communicate with it. And I try to not be the I'm actually person, and I try not to be the, oh, you're only that level, because that, that's that's silly. Yeah. That's silly. That's not what this is about, and it's about celebrating on, on, on any level. So, yeah, I try to be like, oh, you're not reading the comics? Oh, they're really good. Here's why. But... There are some times that I have some fans where it's like, I just know I can't go, I can't go too deep, you yeah. know, where it's like, it, it is, and I'm not making fun, but is the, now Rogue One is the sequel to the one last year, like, okay, I know we're only going to have a certain kind of Star Wars conversation, yeah. and that's like, fine, but yeah, it does, whether you want to turn it, Game of Thrones is another thing for me, too, where it's like, uh, oh, you like the show, cool, let's talk about it, and then if a couple sentences in, I'm really, oh, okay, you 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 don't know the names yeah. of the houses like I do, and I don't study the maps until I fall asleep at night, totally fine, but we're, we're going to have that surface conversation, yeah, which is, again, totally yeah. fine. Yeah, there's no judgment in this episode, we definitely come from the perspective Perspective that all fans should be fans at whatever level they have time, inclination, mm-hmm, heart mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no judgment at all. Interest, yeah. Game of Thrones is an interesting comparison because I think Star Wars continues, to the, for the most part, to invite you to be a casual fan. Of it just it see, does. See the movies and nothing else. Even with the television show of Game of Thrones, which I know yeah. is simplified compared to the books, yeah. it is asking you to work. It's asking you to work, and then I think it rewards you if you do. Yeah. Um, somewhat intentionally. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things. If you go back and watch season one, if you're just a you know casual show viewer, and I just had a friend of mine who for the first time, six, seven seasons in, is like, oh, I actually started going back and watch. It's amazing what you see. And it's like, yeah, you're right. You're, you, there's, there's little things along the way that start to reward you for paying attention to those little details. Star Wars, it doesn't necessarily reward you. It's just like a fun little morsel. Yeah. If you saw Finn pick up the little training uh, device that's, uh, you know, shooting Luke in the butt in New Hope and you got 
it, you got it. If you didn't, it didn't affect anything to your understanding or enjoyment of the story. And yeah. Star Wars has that little difference. There's definitely things, there's clues and everything nowadays that Star Wars expands. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know how, you know, how, do, how does a casual fan become a deeper fan, though? Yeah, a, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this because I'm, I'm kind of, there's a part of me that wants, that has this, that instinct when I know somebody is a fan. Mm hmm. And they're like, well, here's this theory. And I'm like, well, it's actually in this book. Go read this book. There's a part of me that wants to be like, I want yeah. to seduce you into the nerd bubble. <laughs> like, I want you to come and be like, go all in. Uh, and I'm trying to think of like, what is the best way to do that? Yeah. Is that a matter of just finding the right uh, hook that introduces the people to like, hey, if you really like Obi-Wan Kenobi, right. you should absolutely watch these episodes of the Clone Wars animated series that's a good way yeah to approach it i wish because there's been a lot of times i've just dumped people into the deep end of clone wars yeah and i've had uh less success getting people excited for that show than i've maybe had other things yeah uh, and, and these are star wars fans these are me going oh yeah then you should definitely check this out i think you'll like it and then they get bogged down in some of the you know lesser important Clone Wars episodes, just are, uh, there are lesser important Rebels episodes. Um, so if I had been a little more thoughtful of, hey, okay, you want to understand the ways of the Force? Go check out this thing with Mortis. Go check out Yoda's adventures and how he meets Darth Bane and all that stuff. Like, yeah. That, 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 that might be a better approach. Yeah. Or finding a specific comic or maybe even a specific podcast. Yeah. To be like, make this a part not just of like the entertainment you're absorbing, but you're yeah. sort of your sense of community yeah and i think that's big in the star wars things finding your certain kind of star wars community we started to find that with jedi alliance was a certain time type of uh, fan there's a lot of bleed over but like jedi alliance and even before you got there and then even after it was a different kind of celebratory the whole saga at a whole yeah we'd get into news and details but it was just like it wasn't that grimorian guard funny looking and awesome when he did that <laughs> versus now i work heavily with jedi collider jedi council and it is more about news and speculation and the fan base from that wants to know more of that from me so right. even even fan the, the, that's what we're talking about there's different kinds of fans now yeah you know when it all sprung out of maybe one area i and I don't know if we should. I tr I don't know if we should be d dragging some of these people in. Yeah, should we? I don't know. I feel like it, I, I keep. It, yes, 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 and no. It, yes, <laughs> we shouldn't drag them. We should offer, right? Right. right. Like, offer a like choice. To, if this is your destiny, yeah. please follow me. I think I am thinking of it negatively because it it feels selfish because I want people to. Mm -hmm get a chance to know it as deeply as as we are getting to i think a lot through this podcast because we're right we are being sure to make the time to read a lot of the canon uh if i don't have time to read comic books and something major happens in the comics i read a review yeah and they're the the new canon is painting such a cool story and so so many of the details like reading catalyst really makes rogue one rich yeah uh so i want people who like star wars to really get that full experience yeah and then selfishly I, I, I want to ask you this question. I think mm. I'm losing perspective mm. of how deep we go when. Like, even on this very podcast, mm -hmm. there are some times where I, I think of a friend I know who likes Star Wars and thinks, oh, they'd really enjoy this podcast. And other friends are like, they, we just made three offhand references that they would yeah. have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, I looked at, at, at Databank Brawl, for instance. Yeah. I, I think any Star Wars fan could potentially love that. But at the same time, it, that show, the genius of it is born out of your obsession with side characters. <laughs> 
and us knowing them. Yeah. So you get a lot of enjoy, enjoyment knowing out of who two one B is or or Janice Grijatis, and and that speaks to a certain thing. But I want I want everyone else to kind of jump into the water, so yeah. it's hard. Where you know Star Wars ranked, I think it's easier to rank uh, the top five starships and moments, and and that speaks to more casual fans. But I think what we try to do on Force Center is create that sense of of community, so you can kind of come in as you please or go in as deep as you want into the waters. And if you just want to swim up to your knees or wade up <laughs> to your knees, you're okay with that. You know, we'll give you some news, some speculation, some thoughts. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely don't want to drag, and it's definitely not for. Uh, Everybody and everything. Um, And I don't know when it really... I talk about when the universe expanded is when it started to change. When do you remember it really getting different? To be a Star Wars fan? Like, yeah, to different layers of it. Was it the early 90s? Was that the yeah, time I'm thinking yeah, I right? Yeah, think kind of mid-90s, 2000. Uh, yeah, I would say mid-90s more when it's mostly the books and obviously mm-hmm. like the special editions coming back out. Right. You know, right. I think there's that time where, yeah, Star Wars was popular, it, when mm-hmm. the movies were first out, and if you liked it, that was fine. But if you knew too much, th- that was yes, that you could still be yeah. uh, a victim for that. You, you I literally could. I can think of examples where I was, and yeah, there was that. Oh, I like Star Wars too. Oh, do you know that Hans Blaster is a DL forty four? Get away from me! Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there was that time. Nerd meant nerd back then. Yeah, and nerd then, did not mean passionate about a pop culture fandom. <laughs> yeah, nerd didn't mean you're hosting an after show. You have the <laughs> sharpest suits around, and you're married to a model. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. not an insult to Mr. Hardwick. I like him. Yeah, but like yeah. I mean, did uh, not mean that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a culture of we have community and social media. So yeah. uh, you know, whatever you love, celebrate it. And and people yeah, and get love, to know you, and I love that we're in that time. Um, but yeah, I think like the late '80s, early '90s, when people mm. did start to dive deep on where a lot of our Star Wars lore at the time came from, and it's still from the yeah. the role playing game. I was going to mention the role playing game because I never, to this day, have touched it. Yeah. I never played it, but I started to read the information, and I started to take weird uh, pride in knowing that like Greedo was a Rodian, right? And like early on in my comedy career. The only way I could do Star Wars stuff is if I made fun of myself for knowing that level of of stuff. Same. So it was a joke. It was yeah. not a sense of Same. pride. It was a. It was like, hey, uh, I'll show you what an idiot I am. The stripes on Han's pants are Corellian blood stripes. Like, yeah. Yep, and that, that, that me too. My stand-up acts and my biggest punchlines about Star Wars were all about how it related to me being uh, alone and, and broken, and you know, and that's how and people would laugh. Ha ha ha! Yeah, of course you do because you like Star Wars. Yeah, you know? uh, and then I think once the once the prequels started to come out and the internet really started to come into its own, I think mm-hmm. it became this. That's when I think it truly became its next level. Yeah, because late eighties, early nineties, you were still kind of digging through. What is cl- what was at the time clearly the realm of nerd? Yeah, you have to dig through a role playing game or right. read weird tie in books. Yeah, and yeah. once the prequels started to come out and the internet started to explode and everybody's interest sub interest mm-hmm. became a bigger interest, that, yeah. that's when I started think it started to become its own thing. It's sometimes daunting now. Were you ever? Because I was. Were you ever like overwhelmed? Found it to be too daunting at some point in that time frame. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I read some of the books and then I was really thrilled that like yeah. I knew this information, I knew these ideas, and then I really loved some of the books and then some of the books I didn't like. Um, 
I stopped after Jedi Academy, as I said before. Yeah. Read the Thon- Throne Trilogy's great for what it is, you know, and it's uh, got some weird things, but it's overall just great. I, I think Timothy Zahn deserves all the credit in the world for yeah. helping expand this galaxy. Um, and, and, and Kevin J. Anderson and the Jedi Academy stuff was interesting. It's good, and it was the natural conclu- like next step. Like, oh, Luke's rebuilding the Jedi Order, but after that, I just I just started to lose it. And to this day, just haven't, haven't read yeah. any of that stuff. And I still get some, some crap. You know, I went on, I was on Jedi Council a couple weeks ago and said, it, it, God forbid, if the Yuuzhan Vong show up and, and Aftermath and Barzan leads you to believe there, there's a 1% chance this could happen, yeah. I, I would legitimately be up, up upset, not in this, like, not taking the world we, real world into account, but just in, like, uh, all right, I, I might be pulling back a bit. Yeah. I might go back to films only <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> until they show big, up in the film. <laughs> that, that's a great way to say the kind of fan you are. Like, look, yeah. I'm films only, either yeah. out of you know a lack of time or out of I have been offended yeah. by something. <laughs> I'm going back to films only status. It's a great yeah. status. And God bless you if you're an EU fan and you read all the books. I know that a lot of them felt cheated by the canon wipe. I get it. You invest all the time. I totally understand it. Um, yeah. But I was one of the people that was like, good, finally. I don't have a steroided out emperor's royal guard running around with some weird modified weapon i don't care who that is throw them out and like i think like the legends conversation is like a great example of a kind of conversation you can have if people have really climbed into the nerd bubble because you have to have at least sampled legends and sampled the new canon to realize well what's different about them and yeah. like, to me, le- the stuff I don't like in Legends is when it leans a little bit more sci-fi. Yes. Like, I don't, I, the only reason I don't like the use on Vong is I don't like anything that the Force doesn't affect. Right. Because to me, that's science fiction. Yeah. That's, you know, the Jedi are powerful. Yeah. Right real good to deal with that. Yeah. And don't I'm, make up an alien that makes that go away. Yeah. On a big giant level. We're not talking Tordarians and uh, Jabba yeah. Hutt's mind, you know, not being able to be read. We're talking about a big level. Yeah, that, that's it, too. But again, I respect the fans and the EU. The legends gave us some really good things that are starting to filter back in, you know, and I'm happy about that. Um, you know, uh, though, Joseph, since we're deep into the nerd bu- bubble uh, and, and there's people out there like, again, if you're films only, that's great. And usually people are like, uh, you know, the original films. All right, cool. But h- how do we, how do we, how do we seduce them to the dark side or the light side, depending on your point of view? How do we, how do we as fans, not just you and I, those out there listening, how do we go out approaching this issue with some fans? Like, oh, cool. You like this? You, you thought Force Awakens was okay, but hey, let me pull you in a little more. Yeah. I think targeting the specific books. I know I'm a big book guy. Yeah. But I feel like maybe that's like a new uh, frontier mm-hmm. of the nerddom discussion because, yeah. you know, the, the nerd pop culture Mm-hmm. Genre nerd stuff is the most popular, but the books are still like, I think there's plenty of people mm-hmm. that I know who are like, well, but Star Wars books. And you're like, right. uh, no, some of these authors are amazing. Right. Bloodline is a great novel. Yeah. And it has themes and ideas that, yeah, you, you need to dive deep into Star Wars, yeah. but it's a novel. Do you like reading? Do you like novels? <laughs> Do you like, you know? You like to read, yes? You you like words on paper? Yeah. yeah make you think, feel good, laugh? Ha ha. Yeah, like, so I think maybe uh, trying to hook people on specific, really good new canon books, because it also yeah. helps to illustrate, like, these films are being fleshed out, and you're going to mm-hmm. get more. And some of the questions that you have are answered. Is Lost Stars the number one choice? Mm. As much, that's my favorite, but it might not be the one because if your film's only particularly original trilogy and I present you this book and around every corner was these two little characters, you might go, nah. Nah. 
it's tough. And I, uh, we, we both love that book. It is one that you don't need to know a bunch. And that's one of my thoughts is, Hey, this will run through the events that you like. Yeah. You'll feel like you're in a familiar world. Yeah. Like I feel like the aftermath trilogy is great for people who are already in the nerd bubble and it rewards yeah. you for being like, I happen to know that Malakili is the name of the rank right. keeper and it right. rewards you for that stuff. Lost stars is just like, do you understand? Remember the basics of the original trilogy? then you are really going to be pulled into this. I think it has the spirit of the original trilogy. Right. But if you're a person who's like, I really like the lightsabers. I like it when they fight. I like the evil guys. Read Lords of the Sith. I was just going to say, Lords of the Sith might be the one that that has the most Star Wars-like cinematic feel. And it's got the Emperor. And a lot of the other books don't feature the Emperor. Yeah. And so it's got Emperor. It's got Vader at the, you know, learning to be at the height of his powers. It's got uh, a lot of things that you will connect to as well. Yeah. And that's one of the things, too. Same same with the the cartoons. Again, Clone Wars is a good way to go. A lot of people, you know, didn't take the prequels, obviously, so that's a harder sell. Yeah. Rebels is a harder sell because you don't have, other than some little one-off shots of, of characters we know and love, you don't have those characters. So if you're looking for Han and Leia and everything, you're not going to get them on a regular basis. But, hey, you're going to get Stormtroopers. Yeah. And it sound, one of the things that Rebels does so well is it, it definitely feels like Star Wars. Yeah. But even then, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it feels like kind of every aspect of Star Wars, but it, it's been, really been experimenting mm-hmm. a, a lot where one episode is a really different tone and another episode is a a really different tone. Right. So if you're in the Star Wars nerd bubble, you can also be like, I understand that there's precedent for that tone. Yeah. And then the next episode is really different. You understand there's that precedent. Um, yeah. I mean, I think books, but the more I'm thinking about it and having this conversation mm. uh, about when our, when our deep nerddom uh, awakened <laughs> into full bloom and blossomed, uh, it, it is, it is community. Yeah. Because even though I knew Star Wars is coming back, mm-hmm. uh, after it was sold to Disney right. and I had a, a couple of my friends and I, at this point I go into conventions and doing stand up and able to do deep star Wars. It still didn't fully ignite me really mm. until you and I started doing stuff together. Correct. And I realized how much of a part of my life I could make this. Yeah. That it wasn't solely for my entertainment. But yeah. It was also a way for me to engage with other specific friends and the world. Yeah, when when Jedi Alliance started, which was uh, August of 2014, uh, I obviously was a, a big Star Wars fan. There's been nothing like new revelations. I, I, you know, I've definitely paid more attention to the little characters, and uh, Databank Brawl has taught me more than anything else in the world. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that's how I know Simulu, you know. Didn't really know that. I knew that character. Uh, I can make jokes about Imperial Dignitary. Yeah. Um, so I definitely have learned a lot. But it wasn't until, um, you know, Jedi Lions came about, and that was in the works for a couple months until the show finally launched, where I literally kind of clapped my hands together and was like, okay, now all that stuff in the last 20-plus years of my life can start to pay off <laughs> in yeah. a good, positive way where we can have fun. The things I've been doing on my own with friends for years, uh, growing up with two friends from high school who I've moved to L.A. with uh, Joel Trudgeon and Casey Alexander. They're good friends of mine. Uh, Casey went on to work on SpongeBob for about 10 years, and Joel's a, a screenwriting teacher at CSUN and, and Valley College. We would sit around all day at school and, and after school just making our little jokes of Dewanawanga, just saying we could you know make little references. And... <laughs> and um, that all finally was like, okay, this is how it can be used. And so then I did a, did start to expand. I make fun of myself for having all these Star Wars figures and Black Series and Funko Pops and Star Wars t-shirts. That was not the case in July of 2014. Oh, really? It started to grow in August of 2014 because I felt as though I finally 
had had really crawled into the nerd bubble. I was I was believe me a full time resident of the nerd yeah. bubble, but it was like I felt safer about it. I felt like oh, as an, I can finally start getting these t shirts again because again I was I had some Star Wars stuff, but. I, you know, I grew up in era. I literally was choked for wearing a Return of the Jedi shirt. You know, wow. kid making fun of me. So it all started to feel right yeah. about that. And yeah. then it started to grow. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have, like, when I was very young, I had uh, playground stuff. Yeah. But then as I got into high school, like Star Wars, you mm-hmm. like, I remember, I can't remember what I said to a kid that was, he was more of a sportsy kid. And we yeah. kind of talked. Like, he tolerated me. Sure. Um, sure. Because he was, you know, a little higher on the food chain, like, cool-wise. Mm-hmm. And I said something to indicate that I had Star Wars on VHS. And yeah. he's like, um, can I can I, can I, borrow those? And I passed them off to him at high school like it was a drug deal, <laughs> like they were wrapped up in brown paper. And then, and then he was like, oh, man, it's yeah. so great. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, like, a little bit more secret. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, and then even even when I was, like, collecting figures and most of my friends that I was doing comedy with were... Mm-hmm. Uh, geeky people. Yeah. I was still a little bit singled out as being like the most Star Wars of the, of the people. Yeah. Like that was like we were talking about with our comedy. That was one of my shtick. And like, I was buying, uh, all these figures. Mm -hmm. I was buying the novelizations of the, the prequels and Mm -hmm. and enjoying them more than other people. So I, I had joy and I knew that plenty of people saw these things. Right. The only conversation I could ever have is like, is, is, people my age reiterating again and again why the prequels are bad <laughs> uh which um, you know many of their points are right but i had so many for so long i like that was my conversation right uh so yeah so then it, you know getting to meet you and you'd started jedi alliance that had this uh celebration yeah to it was the first time for me i was like oh well this can be uh, truly a sense of of community right um and people are interested in hearing any sort of deep dive opinion I have about like, I think maybe that in particular, like not only getting to celebrate the funny background characters Mm -hmm, or like mm -hmm. it's funny that we have all of these action figures, but being able to have actual conversations about the big ideas. Yeah. That was a revelation to me. It absolutely was. And it's, you know, it's grown so much since then um, that uh, I almost, it's hard to think of a time that it wasn't, but again, it always was, but I was like that too. Uh, like you said, of the nerdiest of your nerdy friends, you were the nerdiest Star Wars. I mean, that's uh, you know, I had a whole bunch of friends in comedy who were Star Wars guys, but I was the only one putting a, a nine numb reference in my act. You know, <laughs> yeah. and um, I remember at the Groundlings writing a sketch uh, where I was uh, trying to flirt with a girl at the office, but I was a nerd, and it ended with I fell in, we fell in love because she pulled out a Padme figure, and then it ended with a you know I pulled out my lightsaber, which I had legitimately owned since 1995, <laughs> and held it aloft like reenacting the New Hope poster, and it was like and people this was 2002, and uh, everyone laughed. It was funny, but it was it was like oh you're writing a nerd sketch yeah <laughs> even then with these comedy sketch nerds it was like oh you're one of you're like a nerd guy yeah, okay that's, that's your thing <laughs> yeah I, I mean i wrote so many star wars sketches in the 90s and 2000s i think yeah. one of the weirdest ones i did i, I did a show which kind of it ended up being what my podcast was i yeah. did a show called obsessions and each one was a sketch with one of my friends about right. something i was super into yeah worked at kinko's at the time so i did a sketch about kinko's and, yeah i uh, did a weird squirrel thing uh but as I, I went to my other friend, I'm like, hey, I want to do this Star Wars thing. And he yeah. just had this weird idea of like, well, what if it was like a scene from The Odd Couple mm. 
But then they got really mad, and the way they resolved it was a lightsaber fight that will buy toy lightsabers. And we'll get together every night, and we'll Dude. work, and we'll work, and yeah. we'll choreograph it. Oh, that's great. And this is like 2000, so it's after Phantom Menace. Right. It's like, yeah, so I mean, doing those weird kind of, and I could feel the audience like sometimes like, oh, you, you got a dating sketch. Oh, yeah. great. And then like, all right, the odd couple are fighting with lightsabers? <laughs> You're a weird guy, Scrimshot. <laughs> like, you get a little bit of that step back. Like, yeah. the comedy didn't end, but there was a little bit of that step back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me me waiting for tickets for Phantom Menace was even weird within my friend group. You know, like, yeah. I was like, oh, you're actually going to go do that. Well, yeah. yeah, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? And it started to turn there. Uh, um, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad where we are, man. I'm glad where we are. And that's part of why I want to pull so many people in. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on into the deep waters. Yeah. And I think uh, I think community is so much a part of it because I know uh, that with the amount of media discussion, I think audiences gravitate toward people that they think have a good take on the media that they like. So they're here for yeah. whatever media, whatever you're talking about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you spend a lot of time listening to specific people, you start to build yeah. a relationship to them and you hear from your big fans and it does start to become like a part of your day to day. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of, it doesn't feel like I am disappearing into this nerd world that other people do technically know about, but I don't connect with them. Yeah. Yeah which is what I felt like in the 90s and 2000s, mm-hmm. even though they were technically, I knew they were there. I knew they existed in the internet. Yeah. But now I think our, our whole society values community more. Yeah. And find your niche, and then it's a part of your day-to-day, and it's not like you're this weirdo squirreling Star Wars facts away <laughs> for the time you might be able to drop but, them in a weird comedy sketch. Yeah, yeah. Instead, it's just part of your day-to-day. Like, it matters if I remember that, because... Yeah. I it will come up in conversation. Pop culture is a currency, man, and I was I, I give myself credit in the mid '90s for being one of the first to be okay with it. Yeah, because I was a I was a radio DJ at 19, 20 years old, broadcasting to people who were requesting Metallica songs and and wanted to hear Neil Young. And uh, I'm a big music guy, and I'd be bringing in. I was uh, we interviewed uh, Triple H uh, before he was Triple H, the big WWE guy. Okay, and uh, Honky Tonk Man, and all these wrestlers, and we drop star wars references and it did not work <laughs> lost my radio job you know lost my morning show job at one point because i had a quirky show but i'll i'll tell you i'll be damned a couple years later people started tuning into wrestling people started watching the rock people started getting uh, waiting in line for star wars figures and I, I you know on a small scale i was like i was i'm glad i was always here at the beginning of all things <laughs> <laughs> the nerd bubble um you know and it's weird i, I am a sports guy I, i'm definitely a sports guy I played sports Love sports, very passionate about baseball, football to a lesser extent, um, but I'm a big Miami Dolphin fan. So I'm a sports guy, but the it's reversed. Where late 90s in the mid-2000s, it was like, we'll talk baseball, but, oh, you want to talk a little Star Wars on the side? Great. Now it's the other way around, where now I have some of my friends, I'm Mark Ellis, Josh McCoogan, yeah. some of the Schmoes guys, where uh, I'll be like, oh, 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 that's right, that's right, we'll pause for a second and talk about football. <laughs> uh, and it's it's been a total reversal. I can do both, and yeah. I still think they're the same muscle. You, you're just, you're, you're worshiping guys in costumes, <laughs> you know, for, who you'll never Going be. Going on great adventures, yeah. Yeah, yeah who you'll never be, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely change for the better for the better if i was still writing comedy sketches i'd probably write a comedy sketch about a party at your place where i experienced exactly that uh because all the you know all all the schmoes guys were around and they're all great guys and getting to know them and we're talking about star wars and uh, you know whatever wandering off into superheroes a little bit there and just yeah you know movies that are out now and then the conversation just turned like an absolute cartoon record scratch like hey baseball (laughs) and then i just like 
I, I, I know nothing. <laughs> I, I have nothing to say. At one point, somebody mentioned a baseball player like, I know that one. <laughs> like the, the Captain America getting the one joke about Wizard of Oz and the Avengers. Like, I recognize that person's name. Yes. It's like, but that's awesome. all I got. Yeah. Hey, there's the- still time to write it. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be, to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. There's so many areas in Star Wars to go into, uh, and I'm starting to feel overwhelmed at times, Joseph. But if, if time was no object, uh, where would you explore that you, that you haven't had the chance to yet? Yeah, I mean, I ha- I've read some of the comic books, but not all. And like, okay. I, I'm feeling that I want to read the comic books because right. I'm really enjoying reading all of the canon books and, and trying yeah. to stay up on it and getting uh, really nerdy thrills out of the little connections. Yeah. And uh, I think that's kind of like the deepest dive because the canon mm-hmm. is doing such a good job. Like the whole story of what happened to Geonosis, what right. happened to Geonosians that was dribbled out across books, comics, yep. rebels. Uh, and that was really delightful. And I think that's one of those things that makes you feel like the world is real. Yeah. The people who are creating this are creating it to be invested in. It is not right. disposable. They're treating the fans with respect of like, and, and I feel like the comics right now are the thing that I don't right now have the, the time mm-hmm. or, or the, the money yeah. to uh, be as invested in as I am the books. And I would love to change that. Yeah, I, I keep up with the main can, canon novels outside of two, Twilight Company and uh, The Heir of the Jedi one I have not read. Uh, and not counting the little kind of the little ones. I think you've read even more of those than yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, Perfect Weapon or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Um, comics, I've not missed one. Um, I just it was already in a rhythm of going to my shop. It just, you know, it's been an easy transition. Yeah. Um, even The Force Awakens comic version that Chuck Wendig wrote. I, I have that. And it's actually really good. Great cover art. Uh, but for me, you know what it is? It's, it's the games. I yeah. never have touched Knights of the Old Republic. And I'm, I'm not a huge Old Republic guy. Doesn't mean I don't appreciate it and I'm not eager to hear more things about it. But I just never got into to Knights of the Old Republic. And I still I feel as though I missed something. And I will probably never really get into it because of the time. And I know my behavior uh, and my tendencies. I'm a guy who hunted uh, boar and bears and animals on Red Dead Redemption for hours. Yeah, bears. Bears were hard. Bears were hard. And played poker in different cities. <laughs> Me and too. And then would go do the missions. So <laughs> I know that if I was to start something like that, you might not see Force Center would cease to exist with me as a member of it if I started playing Knights. But I, I feel as though I missed something out with that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, there are a couple of old Star Wars video games. I played a lot of them, but then I missed a couple. Mm-hmm. So there's some that I definitely want to go back and, you know, experience yeah. the original uh, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, but, yeah, like the current a multi uh massive multi player online like yeah that's that's just not going to happen right another thing that i would like to tackle and use our podcast as an excuse to do it we're always struggling to find enough yeah. time to record yeah. the eight million podcasts that we're doing on yeah. force center and elsewhere yeah <laughs> and then still have time to read the things that we and, talk about and, and live uh, and live yeah i guess you know. i guess i'm not eating yeah eating, eating sleeping, having a functional marriage liking uh, other, know, things, other things yeah. talking to other humans uh but i would love to play some board games because that's a yep. big part of star wars fandom where i think a lot of people that's just how it oozes into their life yep you know, uh, my my friends at uh, Fantasy Flight Games make those yeah. games, and I would I would love to try to find time to have you and Jennifer and I yeah like play a game and then immediately 
you know, do a podcast about it. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's growing. You know, our friends uh, over at, uh, what is that, Hyper are doing that now with MF5 Joe Star, Hector Navarro, and some others are playing. the pen, They call it, the show is Pencils and Parsecs. And, yeah, and that's the, the RPG, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Parsecs and Pencils, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah and they're, they're going into it. Uh, John Campia, who, by the way, is a big nerd. Yes. John Campia and Jeremy Johns have been regularly meeting at John's apartment to play the Star Wars board game by themselves. <laughs> uh, they've been posting pictures of it, but there's proof that there's more than just those pictures. Um, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, I'd like to uh, get together as a Star Wars fan and just, you know, remember, again, that that goes to, like, the spoilers and why I didn't want to know a lot about the Last Jedi stuff recently because I, I still want to be a fan. Yeah. And though we make this our job now or a part of our jobs and, and this professional hobby at, at best and paid on other circumstances, um, I still want to remember to be a fan. Yeah. Otherwise, this doesn't... It ceases to be fun. Yeah, when it feels like homework, that's a bummer. And yep. it, I haven't had that problem a lot because I think I've still just been really thrilled that mm-hmm. not only am I reading, this, I'm not just reading this book at night and then wandering through my day thinking I wish I could talk to people about the different forms right. of lightsaber combat that I learned about in Revenge of the Sith. And right. oh, you don't understand. Uh, Obi Wan was the, the reason that the higher ground work is he was feigning using this. Like yeah. nobody wanted to talk no, to me about nobody. that. Everybody just be nobody. like, that was stupid. I'm like okay, yeah. got it. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. And now when I'm you know reading these books. Like some have power read because we're recording that day. Yes. And it still doesn't feel like a chore. It feels like a delight because I'm not, you know, I get to talk about it too. I get to share. I get to be part of a community. You're better at the power read than I. I, uh, I'm I'm a longtime fan of reading, was raised on reading more than watching TV and movies. But uh, uh, sometimes I just have to put down the book and be like, but I was rewarded. I did not want to read the Rogue One novelization. I was like, ah, but it, 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 we're fortunate. Yeah. Very enough, Joseph, that those books are sent to us. And it, so it was like, that was part of a job. Yep. And I was rewarded because that was a great novel. Yeah. And I and loved it. Now I'm super excited about reading uh, The Twilight Company because mm-hmm. it's by the same author. Yep. So, yeah. Can more and more that? doors opened. You mentioned, like, having time for new stuff. Do you ever feel guilty if something new, some new kind of passion creeps in or Star Wars makes you forget about an older <laughs> passion? Now, I think the only weirdness is, like, uh, having gotten such depth on Star Wars. Now that feels yeah. like this is the norm. And, like, uh, yeah. Super old school, huge uh, Doctor Who fan. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, I, I'm really lucky I get to be a guest every year at the Gallifrey One convention, mm-hmm. which is like here in Los Angeles, which is the premier Doctor Who right. convention. Like, again, that thing of like, among my fans, my friends, mm-hmm. I was the Doctor Who nerd. Right. But now that people invest so much in everything, like, I can't know the same level of knowledge. Right. I can love Doctor Who just as much as I love Star Wars. Yeah. But I don't have the time for the same amount of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and like the yeah. first year I went, I like, I bought Doctor Who books and I studied up because I've, uh, yeah. and like, this is almost like getting into a little like uh, Star Wars uh, or more life counseling. Cause like, <laughs> I know, I know rationally that I can just love a thing right. and I can be welcome. Yeah. But a little bit of dark side has crept in where knowing this much about Star Wars had made me feel like in order to validly love something else, Mm -hmm. which I know is wrong, I need to know the most. And like this year at Gallifrey One, like I went, I've been there two years. The first year, oh, I I did a whole stand, an hour-long stand-up show about Doctor Who and nobody, nobody did any gatekeeping. I did multiple panels. Nobody did any gatekeeping. (laughs) This year I did a panel that was about these uh, obscure novelizations right. of Doctor Who episodes, which was sort of like the geekiest thing I ever wow. got like physically yeah. 
had to physically fight for in in school because like this is you know a, a novelization Fighting of a British him. television yeah. show that I had wrapped in a comic book bag so the <laughs> cover art didn't get bent and it's just like putting a target yeah. on my back and yeah. my face. Um, it but like I was on the panel with people who have uh, who had written those books mm. with uh, one of the people who does the voice of the Daleks and the Cybermen now on the yeah. show and they had grown up in England with these books. And for me, it was like one of those refreshing, like, mm. and they were really cool to me. And yeah. I was really honest. of like, I had this very different experience right. because I grew up in America and at this age and yeah, I yeah. don't work on doctor who, <laughs> Pay but the price for this. I have thoughts. I have feelings. I have love. I have, yeah. a, I have every reason to be here too. And they were super, super cool. And it was a good reminder for me to be like, yeah, you're still I, I don't have to prove <laughs> everything to everyone all the time. It is, yeah, and that's it. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I, I, I I feel guilty sometimes. Uh, I mentioned I'm a baseball guy. Like I knew the history. I still do. Uh, yeah. uh, like an encyclopedia. I could tell you, you know, who won the 1934 World Series and the St. Louis Cardinals over the Detroit, Detroit Tigers. I can go into wow. that. I can go into that kind of stuff. Um, but I, it's faded away, and. Also, currently, you know, I'm a big New York Yankee fan. I could tell you the lineup from 1997. I, I don't know who's on the team right now. And, oh, and wow. it feels weird because, especially compared to Star Wars, uh, I'm a big Beatles fan. And, and during high school, I was obsessive. I could tell you what any day of the week and what year the Beatles were doing, you know, because I had a book that I practically memorized. It yeah. literally went through every single day of the Beatles' career up until April 10th, 1970, of what they did. So I had that kind of knowledge. And nowadays, sometimes I'm like, we're talking with Scott Mance, who's just a machine when it comes to this stuff. And I'll be like, I can't, what album was that on? And he's like, how could you not remember? I'm like, I can't remember. So I feel guilty. And I found myself choosing maybe not to get into other fandoms now. Yeah. I, I didn't take to Westworld just as a viewing experience, but I also found myself hesitant because people are like, oh, it's it's the new Game of Thrones. It's going to replace it. I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need it replaced right now because <laughs> I already feel as though I don't know enough about Game of Thrones to match my jobs. Yeah. And, um, and I think a lot of it goes into Star Wars. So it's so... Uh, you know, it's it's it gets daunting, but I love doing it, and yeah. I love this stuff. Every every time we record, and I'm driving to your house, or you're coming to my house to record, and we set up our studios here. It's like I'm excited to talk Star Wars uh, with with you. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't necessarily feel feel I feel I feel somewhat guilty, but I never feel like I'm cheating on Star Wars. I yeah. just feel as though I, I I can't go into deep as I do Star Wars, so what's the point? Yeah. You know? yeah. Which is a shame. It's yeah. a weird place to be in when you see a show you don't like. Because mm-hmm. like, good. I don't need to I don't need to watch that then because I yeah. didn't I didn't like that. I think it has also made me a little a little Sith like, a little bit uh, mm-hmm. greedy for Yeah. For power. Power, uh, <laughs> power is a an absurd yeah. thing to say. Yeah. But uh but like it's nice that people know us as Star Wars guys. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Star Wars things come, and I, I mentioned it, I think, on another episode, but, like, a huge Twin Peaks fan. Yeah, was yeah, yeah. encyclopedic about that show, love that show, formative. It's mm. really weird that it's coming back, because oh, yeah. I'm like, how do I let people know that I'm I'm a Twin Peaks guy? I'm an old school guy. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> and it almost does get into, like, branding of, like, yeah. do I need to tweet about Twin Peaks? So, like, yeah. people, and it, it, you know, it's, it's the, I think, the, maybe the, a little bit of, I don't want to say dark side, weird side yeah. of community. So much of community is is great in that we can find each other and we can specialize in deep mm-hmm, knowledge, mm-hmm. but then 
It, you, you don't ever want to feel left out by something you love. Yeah, you don't feel left out, and you don't want to feel judged for the layers of it, which, again, goes back to what we're saying up top. It's like, if you're just movies only, be movies only. Yeah, man. great. And don't feel it. And even if I kind of roll my eyes because you don't know who, you know, Malakili Mal- 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 is, it's okay. Uh, you know, don't, I'm the asshole here. Um, but, um, <laughs> but it's tough, you know, and it's like we get, you know, you mess the name up of something or I get a question wrong on on Schmodown or something that's Star Wars related and it doesn't it somehow it, it you know it 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 does start to drive you a little crazy when you're like why why just because i don't know that name doesn't mean i'm not a fan yeah and 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 we as a as a fandom have to i think protect ourselves and each other against that kind of thing and keep it to a celebratory tone yeah is how i try to approach it um you know rogue one was very dense uh it was inside star wars baseball joseph uh, that's a baseball reference kirby pocket <laughs> minnesota twins number 34 i know him um kent herbeck first baseman touch them all touch them all very um, unfortunate <laughs> Um, but uh, Rogue One did not suffer the box office for being as uh, densely Star Wars nerdy as it yeah. was. And it was. Do we want the Star Wars movies to c- continue in that vein, alternate in that vein? How do we want the future of uh, Star Wars nerddom to affect the big films? Yeah, I mean, I liked that uh, Rogue One was so Star Wars dense because I think it's one of the things that mm. really made it succeed for fans because there's so many things of cool connections that you could right. make and uh, stuff you'd always wanted to see but i do think that it would be it's it's cool to know that they can do that and they will not suffer financially yeah for it um yeah you're right but there's a part of me that does just want to see a a story that's so disconnected Mm. that uh it utterly utterly is its own thing right um yeah i i i wouldn't ever want the dropping of fun facts and connective tissue to become the point yes that's a good way to look at it like rogue one works as a story and like we when one of mm-hmm. our viewings was with somebody who is a total yes. star wars neophyte yeah and and i think she got stuff out of it of really seeing it as a war movie and it is a yeah. movie about a sacrifice and when do you make the choice to make sacrifices it was it was uh, almost as if i don't want to say she enjoyed it more but she enjoyed it in such a different way i felt jealous yeah because i went from yeah star wars to oh i don't know to you know, geek questions on, and do I really like that Galen Erso was responsible for this? And she was just like, well, that was awesome. Yeah. And I, I had a little moment of, ah, I wish I could just be that, you know? Yeah. To just see it with fresh yeah. eyes. Yeah. See it again for the first absolutely, time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. I think uh, Rogue One gave them a little bit of more confidence to keep it like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue One did have a big action adventure feel to it as well yeah. that last that last act was worth the price of admission for a lot of casual fans yeah and uh, you got to see just a lot of cool star wars stuff and that's fine too yeah i think maybe just culturally we've trained uh people who are like uh, uh fans who know the basics but haven't invested a lot of time they've now been trained i think by like anything genre by mm-hmm. Marvel, by Star Wars to be like, we're going to be sitting in the theater. We're going to enjoy a story that's understandable. Mm-hmm. And then at random times, half the theater is going to cheer about some damn thing. Yeah. And we're not going to know why. <laughs> like you guys really like law and order. Is that why you scream for Jimmy Smith's coming out of a shadow? Like why the hell did yeah. like, why, why did half the theater lose their mind for Jimmy Smith? Yeah. And but, I think other people have just, they've just been trained to be like, I, it's got, it means something to them. Whatever. Right. It means something. To, exactly. I mean, I'm like that with Marvel movies, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a casual Marvel fan yeah. and, and I'll, I'll turn to my good friend, Matt Key and be like, all right, what's the Thanos? 
<laughs> you know, and I just how many gloves does he have? Yeah, what's yeah. what's his mitt he's wearing on his hands? <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. But it also uh, helped create that uh, top five Easter egg uh, on YouTube video industry. Yeah, uh, for good reason. There, does doing these uh, going deep on these movies, Joseph? These deep dives does it start to warp our perception of the movies themselves as fans. I think that there is a small risk when you think of something like The Last Jedi coming out. And I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever been more excited for a movie. I don't think there's almost anything that Last Jedi can do to disappoint me. Right. Because I love the character Ray. I love the character Luke Skywalker. And at least some of it is going to be them together yeah. saying and doing things. They'll be lightsabers. Right. I'm so excited for this movie. Um, but the movie can't and shouldn't carry every little nuance and every little idea that we're being introduced to mm-hmm. in books. Right. Like the whole, uh, I love the Aftermath trilogy for being so dense. Yeah. But it's introduced, you know, it introduces complex ideas. So does Bloodline about the governments and their perspective. And like right. on our review of Aftermath Empire's End, we talked about how much we liked how the perspective of what the First Order believes was built up. Right. And that there's these power struggles as it was built. Right. You know, in this other galaxy. And like, I, it, it would be great if some little moment, like knowing that made a moment richer. Mm-hmm. But I also want to just be able to pull back and just enjoy it as just a movie. You shouldn't have a lot of people have said to me, you shouldn't have to read a book to enjoy a movie, right? Right. You should be able to have a book enrich a movie. Yeah. But you shouldn't need a book mm-hmm. to be like the decipher code. Yeah. For the movie. Which, you know, might have been Rogue One's problem in a little bit i don't know yeah i i, I wonder i i was going to read catalyst before but i wonder if i didn't read it if i would have had a niche a different reaction to rogue one good or negative i don't know well you, i mean you know. you're sitting there in rogue one you see that flash to their apartment on coruscant yeah like just there like you have to be a, a prequel yeah appreciator enough to go like well of course that's coruscant behind yeah. them and you have to know like oh well they're family friends because they worked uh, like, yeah. yeah it's a lot it's a lot it, yeah and i think the saga films should should remain uh, the pop songs. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not going to make uh, go go deeper and have the themes and connect and then doesn't give us big answers, but I still think they have to be the pop songs. Yeah. It has to be in front of a sold-out arena crowd and not in a cafe. Yeah, I think a concert is a great way to yeah. say it. Like, yeah, they should feel like the hits. Yeah. The crowd, you know, get the crowd on their feet songs, mm-hmm. maybe one or two deep cuts. Yeah. But if you really want to see uh, your band do their super weird experimental 20-minute jazz thing... <laughs> There's a book for that. There's, there's a, a comic book, book for there's that. There's a book for that. And and, uh, and so sometimes I can, uh, you know, the deep dives and wanting to pull so much out of it, uh, I think it can affect in some ways. And that's why, again, I try to just uh, have some of that fun. And that's part of the reason I try to turn off the watching every article, spoiler, uh, trailer, TV spot, and everything. I uh, Leading up to Force Awakens, leading up to Rogue One, it was the same approach. It's, all right, I've, I've speculated for months, and if not years, if not my entire life, <laughs> but now I just want to step back so that I can allow my own expectations to kind of drift away and let me just take in what they're given to me and then I'll go deep after that. Yeah. But let me just enjoy it in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's maybe a goal for fans. Well, this is a discussion that could go on forever because what kind of Star Wars fan you are is uh, is key. But we we welcome all types here in the Force Center community, yeah. Joseph. Whether you just like uh, Han Solo and those other guys, or you <laughs> know that he's from Corellia and the name of his ship uh, is, is you got the model number when it was built, the weight. You've got all that. All are welcome here. Yeah. 
in Force Center land. So uh, let us know what you guys think about uh, your uh, version of fandom and how you approach fans who maybe don't go as deep as you. Let us know on Twitter at Force Center Pod, hashtag Force Center, and on our Facebook page. And those are the locations they can reach out to us and ask us some fan questions. we got some time today for some good ones, Joseph. That's right. And these questions, fitting with our theme, are generally pretty deep-diving questions. Mm-hmm. So if you're the kind of Star Wars fan who just stumbled on this podcast and you like that Dark Vader... You might be a little confused. Uh, This is from Josh Eddy uh, from Twitter at Josh C underscore Eddy. And Josh asks, did Han and Chewie ever get in philosophy debates? Han says hokey religions in Chewie. And then Josh uh, translates that roar to mean I fought with Yoda. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this question comes up a lot, Josh, and I'm so glad you asked it so we can address it here. This is one of those little wrinkles that the prequels created. Yeah. <laughs> that, that yep, Han sits there saying in front of Chewie, I'll give religions and blah, I don't believe in any of this junk. And you got Chewie literally going, I carried Yoda on my back. Yeah, it's I saw real. Yoda cut two guys' heads off during Order 66. Yeah, so, uh, and it was only 19 years ago. Yeah. Um, so... I've started to see Chewbacca a little bit in the same vein that I see R2-D2 coming out of the prequels, where Bail Organa says, wipe uh, the tall one's brains uh, and uh, wipe that droid's memory. And 3PO's the one affected, and R2-D2 knows it all. It goes yeah. through the original trilogy with pretty much everything in his uh, mind. It doesn't really say anything. <laughs> um, I see Chewie in that same vein now, where maybe he just knew it would best if I keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah, I also can see, I think R2's definitely uh, kept his mouth shut. Yeah. I see, like, uh, that uh, Chewie has this whole culture and a lot of beliefs. Uh, clearly, right. the Wookiees are, are, they have life day. Yes. <laughs> they are yes. religious people. Yeah. They have a lot of beliefs. You know, they yeah. have a connection to the trees. I like to think that, you know, when Han says these things, but eh, I, I believe the propaganda I've grown up with, that there never never any Jedi, it was just tricks. And, you know, Chewie's like, roar. Uh, Yoda was a great Jedi master. He rode on my back. And Han just like, hey, whatever mumbo jumbo. I don't even know what a Yoda is. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> let's go get a drink. Yeah, let's go get a drink. And I think that we might see uh, a little uh, Star Wars patch work in the young Han Solo movie. Mm. This is an opportunity to show us, like, why was that propaganda so successful that it reached, yeah. you know, orphans and scoundrels like Han Solo? Yeah. Just, you know, you raise a kid with a tough light, they turn on the tough life and they turn on the hollow net and like, Jedi weren't real. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. that's the way it is. Start to get some answers. You can roar what you want, Chewie, but you're full of it. Uh, next question comes from Dan Ward on Facebook. Is a, a longer one. Is fellow deep divers, I would love to know what you really think about Maul and his overall arc within the Star Wars galaxy. Rightly, there has been much conjecture regarding his apparent upcoming face-off with Obi-Wan in Rebels. And a great many core fans of the franchise feel his character is overused to the point of bane for his demise. Conversely, casuals assume he perished in Episode 1. It will be no surprise, ironic spoiler alert, when Obi-Wan survives their impending duel in Rebels. But where would you like to see Maul's bloodline go? And how do you feel about his arc? Uh, how do you feel uh, how his arc has been managed in canon thus far? So speaking of deep dives. Yeah, that's a great, great, great question, yeah. Dan. 
you know, I've been on record as saying I'm not a huge mall fan from, from a certain angle. You know, I like a lot about him. I definitely get behind Phantom Menace, uh, his moments in there being some of the best in the prequels, if not all of Star Wars. Uh, Duel of Fates being <laughs> included in that. Uh, and the, ooh, double-bladed lightsaber. Um, he is a cool character. Yeah. And, and, and Boba Fett's a cool character, too. And there's a lot to Boba Fett as well. But I, I look at them as similar. And I was fine with Maul being how he was. I get the obsession of it. I, I think it worked in Clone Wars after I was very, very against that when I first yeah. heard. So I think it's been handled well. They've done a good job of a lot of a lot of it making sense. And Obi-Wan versus Maul 2 is, is just a cool concept, and I, I, I was behind it. So yeah. I think it's been handled well. I And the comic series is started, I've only at this point of the time of the recording only read the first issue, and I'm on, and I liked it. It was surprised at how much I liked it. Okay. So I think they're they're doing a good job and it's been and it's been managed well by the powers that be i though i just don't gravitate to the character enough to even you know mother talzin created him or mothered him or shepherded him and, and handed him palpatine there's some interesting questions i have but I, if they never get answered and plagueis is never canon or there's never a replacement yeah. for the plagueis story that contains a lot of mall stuff i'm fine okay you I am all in on Maul. Okay. I really, really like Darth Maul. Is like you know favorite one favorite parts of Phantom Menace. I never had a problem that Obi Wan beat him. Right. I think the fact that he's always been tied to Obi Wan hmm. really expands Obi Wan's character in his story and his arc. And I like. I think that everything that they've done with him in canon is elegant to keep him tied yep. to Obi Wan and did things to flesh out. Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. I recently okay. rewatched the the arc where he uh, takes over Mandalore. Uh, as did I, yeah. And just uh, spoiler, if you haven't listened, if you don't want to know, yeah. take take a beat off from the podcast. That <laughs> stop now, stop now, and come back in thirty seconds when uh, Maul murders Satine yeah. just to torture and hate Obi Wan. We get, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like we've had that too much in culture. But uh, you know, there's a whole comic book yeah. fridging people of just murdering a character. A female character in particular to get a reaction out of a male character. Right. So I'm not, haven't been a huge fan of that. But in that moment, it was really great because you saw like, this is Obi-Wan's weakness that he does have an attachment mm-hmm. that he knows he shouldn't. Right. Um, but it's, it, it's like a great moment of Obi-Wan being a hero of like, you can see the pain, you can see the anger. And it's also like, but Maul, what you're doing is obvious. You want that from me. That's yeah. not who I am. And I truly believe that it is more powerful to not give in to those emotions. Mm-hmm. And even though it's re- so like, so he, he gets to be this great reflection of Obi-Wan. Hopefully we get that in Rebels. Right. Also like to take the, for George Lucas to be able to sort of walk back, mm-hmm. I cut him in half. So car- so fans would know he's in, he's dead. He's dead. And then to be like, all right, but he, he does look really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. I, and fans do want him back, so maybe I will bring him back. And then I think everybody managed to not only the reflection of Obi-Wan, but this idea of here is a, a person who was raised to be just feral and vicious and survive on hate. Mm-hmm. And here is a structure and philosophy to go with that. Mm-hmm. And then to have the structure and the philosophy removed from that character. Right. So the character still b- believes in. Revenge. He's, he's, he's still full of hate. He didn't c- calm down and start a business. Yeah. yeah. And, but he needs to figure out what to do with that. And there was yeah. something like in a, in a dopey way, almost like super relatable about like, well, when mm. you have a, a set of beliefs, but all of the, the focus for them is taken away from you. Yeah. 
Like, what do you do? It's almost like, it, it, like this is really a getting there, getting out there. But like watching that arc where he is trying to take over Mandalore so he can get back at Obi Wan Kenobi, so he can uh, grow all of these crime powers, so he is a force in the galaxy, right? Because he, he's wanting to get power back, and then Palpatine comes and slaps him down, just like, yep. you, you can't be what I trained you to be. I'm just going to use you. It almost feels like when you're a struggling artist and you're like. <laughs> I want to be an actor. I was trained to be an actor. Yeah. I can't get any work. Yeah. Who am I? I'm not, I can't. I am an actor. Who am I? I can't change that because the system won't let me do it. Right. So what What do I do? And I feel like the character has taken on some weight in that way. Of like, okay. When you have everything that you've been built to be taken away from you, how do you yep. still be you without being a part of the system that made you? I mean, that's amazingly deep, <laughs> and, and it's all accurate, and it's great. And I love what you've done with the, the reflection of Obi-Wan and tying it to Obi-Wan, because Obi-Wan's obviously one of ours, uh, our favorite characters and, and mine as well. In fact, I finally ordered a six-inch Black Series Obi-Wan. Oh, uh, nice. Very excited about that. Um, yeah, I, 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 it all makes sense. It all makes sense. I'm, I'm finally maybe ready to put it to bed. And, yeah. and, and, that's, and hey, and there's an example of two different kinds of fandoms about Darth Maul yeah. that can coexist, folks. If we can do it. So can you. <laughs> yes. And it, I'm fine if if Kenobi wins. I kind of think he'll win yes. the battle. Uh, our final question. We like to have just fun questions. And this is from an old friend of yours that I met uh, through Jedi Alliance. A great fun question. This is from Michael Beatrice who asked, are there plans for a standalone movie about this guy? And then he included a picture of the rebel on Yavin 4 who's doing something with, it looks like, the clocker, the speed check device. I think this is a, I think this is in canon somewhere. Yeah. Uh, certain, I'm sure it's in Legends. It might be in new canon. That guy's featured in Rogue One. Yeah. Right now, off the top of my head, exposing my Star Wars ignorance, I don't know what that guy's doing. <laughs> I don't know to answer the great Michael Beatrice's question, but here's what I think we sometimes I think what we need and it would be would help is if uh, we could do a ser- like an anthology of little short stories. Yeah. of all these background characters, choose uh, 20 of them. And you know what? Lucasfilm, you can go through Dead to Bank Brawl and find your favorites. <laughs> and just having little short stories, 10, 15, 20 pages of each of uh, their points of view of the galaxy, the events of the galaxy at that time. Then yeah. we could get these stories told. I would like a Holonet, like, yeah, documentary of yeah. like, I understand you were there. I understand yeah. you were up alone in that thing. Yeah. Doing something. With a gun thing, when the ships were taken off to destroy the Death Star, what was that? What were you up to? How did, what you, was that how like? did you get up there? Yeah. How long was your shift? Yeah. Did you get any <laughs> acne from the straps on yeah. the helmet? Did I you tell us about watch it? the Death Star approach and think, well, I'm going to die here? Yeah. I mean. Did you stay up in your little thing? Yeah. Did you get down? Yeah. I think those stories can be told. Yeah. In the Star Wars background anthologies. And I will tell our, our listeners, uh, I'm going to try to look up what that guy's doing. Okay. You can tweet us if you want, but if it's weeks later, trust us, we've looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great question, Michael Beatrice, an old friend of mine from the stand-up comedy and writing world, and Dan and Josh for your submissions as well. Uh, to submit questions to us, you can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod, hashtag Force Center, and on the Facebook page, like it, and send us uh, you know longer questions on there as well. And if you're liking and following us on our official Force Center Facebook page, you can have live updates from Star Wars Celebration when I am there with the Collider and Schmoes crew. Uh, we are trying to get our Twitter followers up to 
2,000. We're approaching that. Uh, we're, we're in range. We're in range. Yeah. The Death Star will be in range in 30 minutes. Uh, and our Facebook likes are growing as well. We appreciate it there, too. We've been uh, uh, very uh, thankful and, and humble uh, about you guys' support. It's kept us in the top 200 of TV and film podcasts on iTunes. To help us do that, you can rate and review. The Star Wars Podcasting Awards are uh, still happening right now. The voting is open, open until April 1st. StarWarsPodcastAwards.com. Four centers on there, as well as Joseph and Jennifer. Go put some votes out there so we can get some uh, rewards. We don't seek them, as we say, Joseph, but they will help us in the galaxy at large. That's right. I would like somebody to put a little award uh, medal over our heads. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it will happen. Or, guys, a, or an orb. An or orb an orb. I'd it. like a peace orb. <laughs> Give me a Boss Nass peace orb. Uh, guys, you can follow me at Cadnapsuck for all my other adventures, including the Napsuck Files podcast feed, and also over on the Anchor app, where I'm doing Game of Thrones uh, material. Uh, two shows, roughly about 10 minutes a day on the Anchor app. If you haven't got it, check it out. And look for me uh, as the show called Daily Thrones. We're gearing up for Season 7 of Game of Thrones. That's my stuff. Joseph, you've got a lot going on, as always. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all the other social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com. I'm doing a show in Portland soon. Uh, so if you live in the Portland, Oregon area, check that out. That's on my website at josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. You can always check out my other podcast, Obsessed. Got a lot of great fun episodes coming out we'll be doing another live show at uh, the nerd melt theater in los angeles soon too so lots of shows lots of weird comedy adventures all the information at josephscrimshaw.com that is it follow us around join the conversation jennifer will be back next time and maybe with the therapy ewok in tow so <laughs> for ken joseph and all of you out there celebrating different levels of star wars fandom we appreciate you and that force it's going to stay with you always